1: Remember,
2: faith that isn't tested can't be trusted. Joseph, for 20 years, went to ups and downs, and he had proven that he passed the test for himself, because he had learned to forgive his brothers. You'll see that so much in the teaching today. And he left all those hurts behind, not only for the brothers, but from Potiphar and Potiphar's wife and all those people that did bad things to him. So he had grown in patient, grace, and forgiveness.
0: Don't you just get tired of being tested? I mean, you have a crisis. You get through that one and get some breathing space, but wham, there comes another one. Some days it seems like it'll never end. and It just makes you want to give up. Well, Pastor Mark will be teaching that it actually won't stop, at least not while you're on this planet. As Joseph, who had been through his share of trials, tests his brother's, you'll see how their hearts have changed for the better. This is a good reminder not to give up on those around you. Pray for their success as they go through difficulties. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Genesis, chapter 44, as he begins his message. God is in control of our lives.
2: Joseph has been testing his brothers because they've been dishonest for more than 22 years. They lied, they cheated, they only thought of themselves, they were selfish, and the famine's on. And Joseph is testing them through all of this. And we saw something very interesting. They sat down and Joseph had a table of food for them. And as that happened, one of the things happened was that when they were there, Benjamin, the youngest brother, younger than Joseph, obviously, when Joseph was there, he put five times the amount of food on Benjamin's plate. And remember, the reason they hated Joseph is because they were jealous of him. So here was a picture, and they passed that test. They were okay with it. So Joseph knows that they're changing. So you're going to see today one final test that Joseph has about the character of his brothers. We start in Genesis 44, verse 1. Now Joseph gave these instructions to the steward of his house. Now the brothers are going back with food to Canaan because of the famine. Now Joseph gave these instructions to the steward of the house, fill them in sacks with as much food as they can carry, and put each man's silver in the mouth of the sack. They were paying for the food. Joseph was just giving the money back to them. Then put my cup, Here comes the test. The silver one in the mouth of the youngest one's sack, which had been Benjamin, along with the silver for his grain. And he did, as Joseph said. Now, as I said, they've passed all the tests. He sees them being different people for sure. But he wants to know if they're honest enough, if they've repented of their sins, if they got rid of the guilt. And have they asked God to forgive them? So here's the final test. Now, Joseph's brothers are not the only ones that had tests. You know this verse. Look at James 1. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything. Remember, faith that isn't tested can't be trusted. Joseph, for 20 years, went to ups and downs, and he had proven that he passed the test for himself because he had learned to forgive his brothers. You'll see that so much in the teaching today. And he left all those hurts behind, not only for the brothers, but from Potiphar and Potiphar's wife and all those people that did bad things to him. So he had grown in patient grace and forgiveness. But he wants to see for the final time, okay, are my brothers in a place where they've asked God, forgive us of all of that? So we'll see what happens. Now, verse 3. As they're heading back to Canaan, as morning dawned, the men were sent on their way with their donkeys. They had not gone far from the city when Joseph said to the steward, Go after these men at once, and when you catch up with them, say to them, Why have you repaid good with evil? Isn't this cup my master drinks from and also uses for divination? This is a wicked thing you have done. And when he caught up with them, he repeated these words to them. So he accused them, and notice how they respond, the brothers. But they said to him, why does my Lord say such things? Far be it from your servants to do anything like that. And here's their, their kind of proof. We even brought back to you from the land of Canaan the silver we found inside the mouths of our sack. We didn't cheat you. We thought you made a mistake. We brought the money back to you. So why would we steal silver or gold from your master's house? Why would we steal one crazy cup? We brought all that money back to you. Verse 9. If any of your servants... So here's their thing. We're, we're, we're innocent. There's none of us here that have done it. We're 100% sure. Here it is. If any of your servants has found a habit... In other words, as you go through the sacks, if you find one, he will die. So they're setting the statement. And the rest of us will become my Lord's slave. If you find the cup, that person will die and will serve you back in Egypt forever. That was their statement. Very well then... He said, this is a steward of Joseph, let it be as you say, but notice he kind of softens it. Whoever is found to have it, now he doesn't have to say whoever because he knows he put it in the bag. Whoever is found to have it will become my slave. The rest of you will be free from blame. Each of them quickly lowered his sack to the ground and opened it. Then the steward proceeded to search, beginning with the oldest. And ending with the youngest, and the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. Now, who is the one that told the steward to put the cup in Benjamin's sack? Who was that? It was Joseph. But this guy does one thing more. Notice, he's creating tensions. He opens the sack Of those brothers, the oldest first, and goes right down the line. Nothing, nothing, nothing. The guys are going, this is fantastic. We'll show that guy. Nothing, 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 nothing. Benjamin. And they can't believe it. Benjamin, are you kidding me? What did you do? And watch the response that they have. Now, remember, that tension was caused by the steward. At this, look at verse 13. They tore their clothes. That was kind of a sad kind of thing. It was a common thing that the Jewish people did. They just rent their clothes, they just ripped their clothes off. This is ridiculous. Man, we're so sorry. I can't understand that happen. And they loaded they then they loaded their donkeys and returned to the city. So now they don't know what they're gonna do. How in the world did that cup get there? And look at verse 14. And Joseph was still in the house when Judah and his brothers came in. And they threw themselves to the ground before him. Now, this is a picture. This is a picture that there had already been a change in the brother's hearts and attitudes. They show humility and submission. They don't come back to Joseph and say this. Hey, somebody set us up here. Has to be you. We know you, that favorite son. No, they don't do that at all. They know who they're talking to second most powerful person in the world. So they humble themselves, and they're going to take it a different step. They're going to take it with an attitude that's thankful and open, because before, remember, they didn't care about Joseph, and they didn't care about their father. But now, with Benjamin facing death, they're not only concerned for him, but they know if Benjamin doesn't come back, their father said, I'll just die. I'll die because I've lost two of my favorite sons. Now, this shows us something. They are no longer selfish and callous. That's what Joseph's looking for because that's all they were before. They didn't care about their dad. They lied to him for 22 years. They didn't care about Joseph. They sold him off, and they didn't care about it. They were hardcore. Now, this shows us something very important. This is what God's looking for in our lives. Real repentance results in a changed heart, a changed attitude, and of course, that goes to a lifestyle that's changed, focusing on God and others. Many people say, well, I'm going to heaven because I came to an altar and I repented, and you watch their lives, and nothing of lifestyle ever changes. Well, I did the thing I had to do, you know, I pushed the three buttons and I'm going to heaven. No, real repentance is a change in the lifestyle. We have to follow Jesus Christ. So that's what Joseph's looking for. He goes, wow, those guys didn't come back. I set them up, and they didn't get angry and mad. They just kneeled down and humbly submitted to me, and they're going to talk to me. So he feels really good. They're on the way to passing the final test. Look at verse 15. And Joseph said to them, what is this you have done? He's still playing with them. Don't you know that a man like me can find things out by divination? Now, don't take that wrong. Joseph didn't get his wisdom from divination, playing with the dice and throwing it and all the kind of things people did in those days, especially in Egypt. Where did Joseph get his wisdom? He got it from God. Remember, remember when he went to Pharaoh. Pharaoh says, "Oh, I hear you can you you can kind of tell me what those dreams mean." And can you do it? And Joe said, "No, I can't do it, but God can do it. He'll tell me, and I'll tell you." So, by the way, divination didn't was never talked about from God in Genesis. But when you get to Deuteronomy, he says, "No, no, no, you don't play by that. You don't go there. you don't go there. So some things we see in Genesis, we already say, "No, no, God doesn't want. But sometimes we have to wait to Exodus when he gives us the Ten Commandments and other things that happen. So again, Joseph was not admitting he practiced it. He was just saying that. He definitely got his wisdom from God. Now verse 16. So here's what the brothers are going to say now. They're stuck, they're humble. They're going to think, how can we get out of this? What can we say to my Lord? Talking to Joseph. And Judah replied, what can we say? How can we prove our innocence? But look at these next words. Look at the words in your Bible. God has uncovered your servant's guilt. Now, what does that mean? It means the brothers, as they went back and forth. We've talked about this before. When they were punished, and then they went back and forth, they realized, uh, my sin, the way we treated Joseph, the way we lied to our dad, God knows everything. We're guilty. Is that a good thing? That's a great thing. Because when you're guilty, what are you supposed to do? Confess. And so Joseph is liking what he sees because he can see God has uncovered your servant's skills. Can I just say this to you? God's all knowing. Maybe you remember when you were a kid, you were told to clean your bedroom. And you have a rug in the bedroom. Where does the dirt go? You answer so quickly. Where's the dirt go? Come on. Under the rug. Nobody will catch it. Now, is mom smart? Yes, there goes your dessert for three days. There it is. So you need to understand, I need to understand, you can't hide anything from God. By the way, he doesn't just look for the dirt, he looks for the motives in our heart. That's a big deal. He knows all about us. So these guys go, well, we got away with it from dad. But that's the only one. We're guilty. Here it is. We are now my Lord's slave. Look at the end of verse 16. We are now my Lord's slave. We ourselves and the one who found to have the cup. Then Joseph says, far from it for me to do such a thing. I'm not going to keep you all as slaves. I won't do that. Now there again is a picture. Joseph already has forgiven them. Only the man who is found to have the cup. Will become my slave. And who is that? Benjamin. The rest of you go back to your father in peace. Get the grain, go back home. Then Judah went up to him and said, Please, my Lord, let your servant speak a word to my Lord. Judah's talking to Joseph. He doesn't know he's Joseph. Do not be angry with your servant, though you are equal to Pharaoh himself. We know you're powerful. My Lord asked his servants later, remember when Joseph was getting ready to send them back, he asked them, do you have a father or a brother? And we answered, we have an aged father, Jacob, and there's a young son born to him in his old age. That would be Benjamin. His brother is dead. Again, they don't know they're talking to a dead brother who isn't dead, Joseph. And he's the only one of our mother's sons left and his father loves him. Then you said to your servants, in other words, when they went back, Joseph said to this, if you're going to come back and get grain, you're going to need more because it's a seven-year famine. You're going to have to bring Benjamin. I won't accept it if you don't bring Benjamin. So watch what happens. Then you said to your servants, bring him down to me so I can see him myself, Benjamin. And we said to the Lord, the boy cannot leave his father. If he leaves him, Jacob, our father, will die. But you told your servants, unless your youngest brother comes down with you, you will not see my face again. There'll be no more grain. That's my terms. Take it or leave it. Verse 24. When we went back to your servant, my father, so we brought this news home to Jacob. We told him what my Lord God had said. Then our father said, go back and buy a little more food. But we said, Dad. Come on, get with it. Understand, we can't go down. We can't go to Egypt. Only if our youngest brother is with us will we go. We cannot see the man's face, Joseph, unless our youngest brother is with us. And your servant, my father, said to us, you know that my wife bore two sons, and one of them went away from me, Joseph, and I said, he has surely been torn to pieces, and I have not seen him since. So that lie continues for 22 years. It's not true. Verse 29, and if you take this one from me too, Benjamin, and harm comes to him, he never comes back, you will bring my gray head down to the grave in Israel. So Jacob said, no, I won't do it. Now watch this. So now, if the boy is not with us, when I go back to your servant, my father, and if my father, whose life is closely bound up with the boy's life, see that the boy isn't there, he will die. See, they brought Benjamin. Jacob gave in, but he's saying, now, if you keep Benjamin, whose cup was in his bag, we're done. Our dad will die. So he says, look at it again. So now, if the boy is not with us, when I go back to your servant, my father, and my father, whose life is closely bound up with the boy, sees that the boy, Benjamin isn't there, he will die. Your servants will bring the gray head of our father down to the grave in sorrow. Now, look at the words he's using. Your servant, your servant. Your servant. There's a good sign again. He is submitted to the person that's over him. He doesn't know it's Joseph, but to the authority. Your servant guaranteed the boy's safety to my father. I said, if I do not bring him back to you, I will bear the blame before you, my father, all my life. Remember, when the deal came, Jacob allowed Benjamin to come to Egypt. If Judah doesn't bring him back, Judah will pay for it his whole life. Wow, that's changed. And he says this. Now then, please let your servant remain here as my lord's slave in place of the boy. And let the boy return with his brothers. In other words, let Benjamin go back. I'll take his place. If you're going to kill me, if you're going to do whatever, I'll just take his place. Let Benjamin go back. Now, look at verse 34. How can I go back to my father if the boy is not with me? No. Do not let me see this misery that would come upon my father. Now this... Is Judah. Remember, Judah is the one when those brothers said, kill Joseph when he was in the pit. They threw him in a pit. Kill Joseph. And Judah came along and said, no, don't kill him. Just sell him. Here comes the caravan from Egypt. We'll make some money of this. We'll get rid of him, his stupid dreams that we're going to bow down to him. No longer do we have that favorite kid around the house, and we're like nothing. We're going to get rid of him. That was Judah, and he was ruthless. And he just said, without concern for Joseph, without concern for his father's heartbreak, he just said, sell the kid as a slave. We're good. But now what do we see? He is going to take the place of Benjamin. He has totally changed. I'll gladly be your servant or your slave. So what does Joseph know? Aha, the one that sent me callously, could care less about me or my dad. This man has changed. He will take Benjamin's place so that father doesn't get hurt anymore. Do you see the change? And Joseph's going, okay, okay, the tests are complete. Their brothers have changed. There's been repentance. Now look at chapter 45. Then Joseph could no longer control himself because they've passed the test before his attendants, and he cried out, have everyone leave my presence, clear the room. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers and he wept so loud that the Egyptians heard him and Pharaoh's household heard about it. And Joseph said to his brothers, you know, when we read these words, we go, well, that's nice, that's nice, that's nice. Picture yourself here. You're the brothers. Put the emotion in your heart. You're the brothers. We already see the emotion of Joseph. He's put on this Egyptian thing through an interpreter all these times they've been here, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Now he's going to say to them, I'm your brother, Joseph. And you're the brothers, what kind of emotion do you think you're going to have? He's been dead for 22 years. What happened? So, watch what's going through their mind. And Joseph said to his brothers, verse 3 I am Joseph. Now, look at what he says. Is my father still living? Does Joseph have respect for his older father? Very much so. First questions he asks. But his brothers were not able to answer them. <laughs> You're Joseph. See, so he had to take his big hat off, wipe the makeup off of his eyes. Remember, we told him he had all kind of makeup. That, and he's speaking to them in their language. And they're going like, oh, he knew our language the whole time. He understood what we were saying. We didn't know it. So they're panicking. Their Look at it. But his brothers were not able to answer because they were what? Terrified. Okay, what's going to happen now? And then Joseph said to his brothers... Come close to me. Now, they don't know coming close is like, or what? When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. Now, they probably liked the words, I'm your brother Joseph, but they didn't like those words, the one you sold into Egypt. Remember, Joseph had been hated, envied, betrayed, sold into slavery, falsely accused for 22 years. But he had matured through it. He knew it was going to be okay. So Joseph sends the Egyptians away and reels to himself and his brothers, I'm Joseph. They're thinking, come close to me. Now what? He could order them killed. It would be done. He's in charge. Or torture, it would be done. Or throw all of them in jail, it could be done. Anything else he desires to do, they have no way out of this.
0: In today's teaching, Pastor Mark taught more on Joseph's life and how God used him to save his entire family. You learn that Joseph tested his brothers to be sure that they had repented of what they'd done to him. And God tests you to show you what your relationship with him is really like you learned that true repentance will show up in how you think as well as in what you do. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching, God is in Control of Our Lives. You'll hear more about the meeting between Joseph and his brothers and his testing them to see if their attitudes had changed from when they sold him into slavery. You'll be reminded that God knows all of your thoughts and motivations and uses circumstances to improve your character. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Trusting God in the Ups and Downs of Life. That's next time on Lessons for Living.
1: In a hurry